What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 98. And this is the trade deadline part two episode. Got a whole bunch of names. We're going to talk about them all. Of course, the big headlines, some more football stuff going on, which is nice. We'll get to. Yeah. And we're going to have some fun. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of trade destinations and predictions that we're not going to go as in depth as we went last time, because we have a lot more names on our list. Uh, Cause last time we just did about eight guys for each uh, and went into deep depth on where those guys are going to go and what the return package might look like. But here we got about 20 to 25 guys and we're just saying where they're going to go. If they're going anywhere, well, let's get it started mm-hmm. with episode 98 with our opener, Skyler. What do you got here? All right. I'm going to go with the All-Star Game mic'd up edition. We didn't get to talk a lot about the All-Star Game because it was exactly one week ago from today. We were in the middle of the show when it started. But the guys that were mic'd up, specifically Alec Manoa, Nestor Cortez, and his catcher, Trevino, it was it was awesome to see. You know, everyone was hyped up. We got to know what pitch was coming beforehand. Yeah. And uh, it's an awesome element that I think could come more to the bigs. You know, they do a little bit of Sunday night baseball, but they could do even more. I'm sure. Yeah. It's an interesting aspect. Cause I remember in 2020 playoffs, they had Ramon Laureano mic'd up while he was playing center field in the, in the playoffs. And he wasn't feeling it too much by yeah. how he was answering questions. He was super short, but you kind of expect that when you do it in the postseason. all-star game though, they got to mic the guys up as much as they can home run derby. They got to do the exact same thing because it's very fun to see into these big leaguers' minds and then see what they're doing, especially Alec Manoa, who was dealing in his inning, got three strikeouts, and he was talking to Smoltz and uh, Joe Davis all throughout the whole inning. So that was pretty fun to see there. What I'm going with with my opener is Max Muncy and Tyler Soderstrom having a hot start to the second half in Lansing, playing for the Lugnuts, the high A affiliate for the Oakland A's. Tyler Soderstrom's been there the whole year. The A's first round draft pick back in 2020. But our first pick in 2021 got called up from Stockton to high A Lansing. And his first at bat, he hit a booming double. And then the next batter, Tyler Soderstrom, brought him home with a 444-foot home run. So it's good to see those guys starting to play together as teammates right now. And hopefully those are two cornerstones for the A's of this next generation. So it's good to see those guys playing well. It's good to see a couple other guys. Uh, Henry Bolte had his press conference, whatever, second-round draft pick of the A's. Uh, he was on the broadcast last night with uh, Bip and Glenn Kuyper. It was good to see there, and I believe Andrew Susak, the number uh, first-round draft pick for the A's this past year, is going to be on the broadcast tonight. Let's That's go. pretty cool to see. Let's go ahead and get to the Mac and Sports Player of the Week now, where we are giving it to Aaron Judge because he's on a crazy hot start to get the second half started. Once the first half ended, we thought we might see a little bit of regression from Aaron Judge. You know, he just hit 33 homers in the first half. He's got to slow down. There's no way this guy is even getting close to 70. You got pitchers are just going to pitch him different. He's not going to see the same pitches. He's six seven. He's going to get hurt. Yeah, and he already has five homers in the first six games, seven games since the second half started. And he just hit another moonshot against the Mets to open up their game. And they're 
two game series with their subway series rivals, but it's, it's crazy what Aaron judge is doing right now. And we got to give him the immaculate sports player of the week. Yeah. Let's go to team reports. Now, Skylar, what do you got with the jets? I know you guys training camp is just now getting started. Anything going on there? Yeah. Three big guys that were injured last year, Makai Becton, Carl Lawson, CJ Uzama, all activated today. They're ready to go, which is awesome, which means they won't be out until week six. If they're on the PUP list uh, after this week, I believe, then they have to miss the first couple weeks. Uh, and some signings today. Quarterback Chris Streveler played for Arizona, had a spot start, and wasn't bad. So interesting. Practice squad guy. Uh, receiver special teamer Richard Davis and offensive lineman Isaiah Williams. Always good to have that depth. That's true. <laughs> the Raiders, on the other hand, they started their training camp about a week ago, so they're a bit farther along than as some other teams are because the Raiders are one of the teams that is playing in the Hall of Fame game next week, eight days from now, I believe. That's ridiculous. It is pretty <laughs> crazy that we're, we're that close to football, but a couple interesting notes out of camp. I saw that Denzel Good, offensive lineman who was a starter back in 2020, uh, missed about all of 2021 due to a torn ACL in game one against the Ravens. He ended up retiring uh, yesterday, actually, so... Mm. I guess congratulations on retirement, but it doesn't look like it's with the best idea because he is likely going to be hurt and never play again. So you don't really see it too often now where the torn ACL takes somebody's career, but Mm -hmm. keep in mind that those injuries are that serious and it can result in that dude. Uh, Rest of the stuff though, seems pretty, pretty simple. A couple guys on the PUP list, but they still got some time to come off of that. And they expect those guys to, uh, I know Matt Collins has been a big thing out of training camp. A lot of people are saying that he is doing really well as a leader and playing pretty well in practice as well. I don't know how much of a role he's going to have in our offense because at best he's the wide receiver three or wide receiver four, depending on what we want to do with Demarcus Robinson. But it's good to see those guys uh, that are those veteran signings uh, doing pretty well in training camp. So that's all I got for that. Yeah. Go ahead and get to spotlight now, Skyler. Tell me why you have this as your spotlight, Skylar. All right. Uh, so if you didn't know, it's Shark Week. And I saw an episode last night with the Jackass members on there. And this is, uh, you know, the pure definition of the spotlight here. Uh, we wouldn't otherwise talk about it, but it's kind of includes sports. And I think everyone should go watch it because it's hilarious. You know, they got Wee Man in a uh, tank with an electric eel and... Uh, a uh, guy, uh, Poopies, I'm sorry, I don't know his real name, but that's what they call him. Uh, he was good in the Jackass Forever movie. Uh, he got wrecked by a shark, like almost got his arm bitten off last year, and they got him to get back in the ocean with a shark this year. So it's, it's just amazing. Uh, that's so yeah, it's my spotlight. Off, uh, off topic, but really cool stuff that I saw yesterday. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. It always got to be sports. Yeah. But I'm talking about some man... That can hit the ball far and hit a ball far into the suites at O.co. And if you know O.co, you know how far those are. I want to talk about Sean Murphy in the month of July, who's hitting 342, 412 on base percentage with a 987 OPS. He only has three homers, but don't let that deceive you because he also has eight doubles as well as 10 RBIs in the month of July. And he's leading the A's to a pretty decent month of July as we're sitting over 500 at 11 and 10 this month. We'll take it. That's all it is for the A's now at this point. We know guys are going to get traded. We know the record isn't going to be good for the whole season. 
try to go out there and win every single night and try to get these individual monthly wins that help help uh, process into August, September, and into the next season as well. Let's go ahead and bring back something that we used to do for a long time. Took a couple weeks off of it because of some yeah. of the other things that we were talking about. We're doing player pitcher rookie of the week. I have Aaron Judge as my player of the week. I already yes. went into his stats. Skeller's got it as well. Let's go. Shout out Trace Thompson. Now. That's true. Trace 438, five RBIs this week. Awesome for him, man. You just get to see Clay on TV all the time. He did have a big week. Yeah. Uh, how about pitcher, Skyler? Who do you got there? Going to go with Merrill Kelly from the Diamondbacks. Eight shutout innings, seven Ks against San Francisco uh, right before the trade deadline. That's huge for him. I'm going with Brady Singer uh, as my pitcher of the awesome week. week too. Seven, uh, six innings, one earned run, 12 strikeouts versus the Rays. Pretty big day for him. Didn't get the win because the Royals suck, but that's how it is. And then rookie of the week, Skyler, who do you got there? Going with Kyle's guy, Nick Lodolo from Cincinnati. Six innings shutout, nine strikeouts against Miami. Finally looking a little better. I'm going with the Cubs rookie, Nelson Velasquez, who went four for seven, three homers, and seven RBIs. It's not too often you see a guy have as many RBIs as he did at bats in a week. Maybe you had to put him in the lineup a bit more. Chicago, David Ross. Yeah, maybe get him qualified. Exactly. Up to our next topic that we got now. Just a couple teams are off to some pretty big cold streaks to start the second half. That's the Red Sox, who actually just won yesterday for the first time in the second half. Seattle, who did the same thing yesterday as well. Philly, who did the same thing as well. And then the Giants, who still have not won in the second half. But which of those four cold streaks scares you the most, Skyler? Obviously, Seattle has a lot to lose here. But the Boston collapse is crazy to me. You know, just uh, a couple weeks ago, they were wildcard number one. Now they're in Baltimore territory. And they're going to trade everybody. And except for a couple guys. And we'll we'll get into that, of course, uh, a little later. But. I'm going with Boston. I definitely thought they still had a, a comeback in them before this this collapse happened. Yeah, Boston's an interesting one because they've just got some really shitty timing with injuries as well. The Chris Sale stuff that happened before the All-Star break was absolutely terrible on him. Breaking his pinky on the line drive back to him was just completely a fluke injury that you just don't see happen. But Devers getting hurt as well, the best hitter on that team and one of the top MVP candidates in all of baseball, him going down is a big thing. Uh, it's, it's me and Skyler just got a little sidetracked there because that was a very <laughs> weird play that just happened where Lindor got hit by the ball right into first or something like yeah, that. Yeah, on a on a ground out opportunity. Yeah. Uh, back right. to what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, Boston's got to be the main one, but another one I want to talk about is the Giants because. I mean, this roster is just so boring and everybody just expected them to be so good just because of how they were last year. Me and Skyler were kind of ahead of the curve a little bit. We're like, okay, their magic that they had last year where they had this crazy good bullpen and they had this insanely clutch hitting isn't going to last forever. It hasn't. Their defense is absolutely terrible. Their bullpen sucks. The clutch isn't there. And there's a reason why they are two and a half games out of the wild card right now. That's because they're just not that good. But still pretty disappointing for those Giants fans that really expected their team to be great this year. Uh, and now you're going to have to be sellers 
And just like the A's, you're going to have to trade your players away. So sucks to suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to our deadline predictions and halftime, it's going to be a little bit of an early halftime here just because we have that whole big segment after halftime. But the Astros and the Yankees, this is an interesting rivalry that we got going on right now. Houston swept a doubleheader to start the second half, won the season series 5-2 to two against the Yankees. Aaron Boone said after the, after the game, if this guy has come back here in October, we're not playing this way. We're going to go ahead and eliminate them, pretty much is the gist of what he was saying. Who do you think is the better team, Skyler? The Astros or the Yankees? I don't want to take anything away from the Yankees' awesome season, but it's got to be Houston. Like you said, Houston just swept the doubleheader. And uh, I didn't know they won the the uh, uh, series this year, but even better for my case here. And I just trust Houston more in October. I think Houston just needs uh, some pen arms here. And the Yankees, you know, they're pretty close, but uh, another big injury in Michael King. Uh, they are got a little more work to do than Houston does, I think. Yeah, I also think Houston's going to be shockingly a bit more aggressive at the trade deadline. So I think their team's going to get a bit better than what they actually are right now. Yankees, I expect them to do the same thing, but you see where me and Skyler have our guys going once we get to those deadline predictions. I'm also going to say the Astros. I think I hinted at this quite a bit last week that I think the Astros are the best team in the American League. Mm-hmm. They just, I can't really tell you what it is. Because it's just not really tangible to like, oh, it's clearly this. But they're just, they have the Yankees number. Like, it's just so weird. Something about the Astros, when they play the Yankees, they elevate how they play. And they play like it's November. You just don't see it too often. And that Astros team has got that element to them where they can just go ahead and take it to that New York pitching and offense night in, night out. Let's go ahead and take it to halftime. All right. We'll start halftime off with some football news. Finally, right? It's Kyler Murray. Got a big contract, $230 million, four or five-year extension? Five. Five. Okay. But the one interesting thing is in his contract, he has a clause that says he has to have independent film study. I believe it's four hours a week. And yeah. obviously this is, uh, you know, not a crazy thing for a quarterback to be doing. But the putting it in your contract is a little odd. Makes you think this is something he wasn't doing before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have anything uh, on this? I think uh, he should have played baseball. Yeah, no. I think so too. Uh, <laughs> uh, the two hundred fifty million is going to show that he shouldn't have played baseball. I know the Cardinals GM said something about the A's in that press conference, but he can go fuck himself. I don't really care about him. Yeah, I mean, we would have uh, traded him to New York and he would have been making three times what Arizona's worth already. Yeah. So <laughs> besides that, though, I think them just having that clause in the contract, mm-hmm. it speaks to something. It shows that he, there was a problem there. And that's not something that got out to the public, but might've been one of those things like Kyler was, wasn't so fully on board with the Cardinals about a year ago. Everything's obviously cleared up now. I mean, he got his bag, he got his extension from the team, but it's just, it's, it's curious. It's it questions Kyler's maturity for sure. I will say one thing though about this, We've seen in this era, you know, of of social media, some of the stuff has gotten out. We see in the last dance, 
Uh, Rodman had a clause in his contract that he could take a couple vacations. So maybe it is more common than we think. It just doesn't get out this easily, usually. Yeah, I, I'm actually also curious about that on how the how Kyler's contract got out because there's like an actual photo of the clause and uh-huh. what it was saying is just like you don't see contracts like just readily available to the media like that. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next topic here. Has Tyreek Hill gone mad, Kyle? When asked why he chose the Dolphins over the Jets, he said, Zach Wilson, a dog, but I want to play with the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, and that's Tua. I think maybe he's just hyping up his guy, uh, but that's uh, interesting. I don't think this – you're going to see it from the Jets fan perspective, but I think the more geared thing is the the shot at Patrick Mahomes this is. Uh, I see. He's okay. saying that – that Tua is more accurate than Mahomes. I know Mahomes isn't viewed as this crazy accurate quarterback and he's viewed as a strong arm guy, but when you compare the two, Mahomes has got that level to him as well. And it's, I don't know, he, Tyreek's head over heels for Tua, that's to say the least, but you can't discredit what him and Mahomes had. So, all right. Maybe. Went to Miami. He's a bit mad there. Lastly, though, before we go ahead and send it back to where's your head at, we got to talk about Chris Carson, who I don't I don't know if I want to say tragically retired, but suddenly retired today at the age of 27. Chris Carson had a great career. He just got hurt and his neck injuries eventually led him to an early retirement. As far as the Seahawks standpoint of this, I think they're going to be pretty fine. Uh Kenneth Walker is the guy that they drafted yeah. in the offseason. I, like I most think they still have Rashad Penny too. And so yeah. we saw I we I think we all saw a bit of Chris Carson's regression. I don't know if we saw him retiring, but we uh, saw those other younger guys who are finally healthy, like Rashad Penny, to get that gateway to become the lead guys in Seattle. That's one of Seattle's strong suits, I think, is the running back position too. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw this pretty close to what happened here uh, with the Jets and Bilal Powell, uh, similar running style. And after his neck injury, he just never ran with the same power. And obviously, you know, when your neck's messed up, it's not your fault. You're getting hit mm-hmm. every play as the running back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's disappointing for sure. Cause I like Chris Carson. So uh, good luck to him and get better, man. Yeah. All righty. Let's go ahead and, Send it to where's your head at in the second half. It's all deadline go. predictions from here on out. We got 19 guys. The order of these guys is kind of weird. I just went through teams and on who I thought would be traded. So there's not like a specific order when it comes to this. And the last two guys that we have on this list too, like uh, Tariq Skubal and Paul Lo- Pablo Lopez are guys that we added earlier today. Uh, so they're a little bit out of order there. But since the Tigers said that they're willing to sell everybody, and so did the Marlins. We got to add these guys to the list. But mm-hmm. the first guy that we're going with is Noah Syndergaard. Skyler, what do you have him going? Just want to start off by saying I understand that the Yankees, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Astros will be in on every single one of these guys, at least a little bit. But I wanted to find some cool fits. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're listening, you're like, what the hell, man? The Astros are going to get this guy, man. Like, just calm down, all right? They probably will call as well. So we'll start off with Thor. I got Thor going to the Cardinals here. Steven Matz is hurt. 
Um, a trade like this wouldn't affect any other big trade. And I think you know what I'm talking about here. Um, and Thor just had a great game against Kansas City where his team failed him. So he's due to go somewhere like St. Louis where there's some good chemistry. Yeah, Thor's value is a little weird. He's not the same value that he was in 2018, 2019, but he's been good this year in his first year back from injury. I also have him going to in the NL Central, but to the Brewers here. I think the – I know Skeller's not going to like this, but a bit of an underwhelming performance this year by Ashby and Eric Lauer. You throw Noah Syndergaard as well as Freddie Peralta being hurt. You get a, you get a yeah. pretty decent spot, starter. Uh, also, Brandon Woodruff has sucked ass too, so – Let's not forget that. Frankie Montas now, another starter. I got Frankie Montas going to the Twins. He's been connected to the Twins for about a year now. Um, Bundy's been horrible, and they got to grab the central title or they're not going to make the playoffs, obviously. So they got to get that starter. Yeah. I don't have Montas going to the Twins. It's a team that I thought about, but I do have him going to the Cardinals here, another team that's been rumored to Montas, and that's why I mocked him a couple weeks ago when we did this. And if we go back to that, I think I had Mason Wynn, Tink Hens, and another pitcher going back to the A's in this. So that's something that you might see in that return package for Montas. But I do think he ends up going to the Cardinals. A couple other A's here, Sean Murphy. You don't often see catchers getting moved at the deadline, but I think Sean Murphy has a chance to be a future star for somebody here. So I have him going to Tampa Bay because Zunino's out for the year and a free agent. He has been all right behind the plate, um, but Murphy can step in, be a DH for him because, uh, you know, like I've said in the past, it's not very easy, even if you're a great defensive catcher, to step in and, and start right away behind the plate if you don't know the pitching. Yeah. I'm going to say Murphy stays. I think he, well, I know he's not a free agent until 2026, so he's not even arbitration eligible this year. So they still got a lot of control with him. And I think they've said in the past that they are not going to move him unless they're overwhelmed by a trade package. That and that's they get why back. it's Tampa. And I don't think we see it. <laughs> yeah. Tampa could do it, though, because they got the this just whole bunch of prospects. But I think he stays this year. What about Ramon Laureano? I got Ramon going to, to the Marlins, another guy who's been connected to a team recently and Oakland needs pitching prospects badly. Miami has a bunch of them. They could maybe even package some more here to get a pitcher that's farther along, maybe even Murphy. So we'll keep an eye on the Marlins for all these guys pretty much. Yeah. I, I think Ramon stays. I haven't seen as much as the trade rumors as I thought I would have seen with him. And because of that, I do think he ends up staying this year. He's not a free agent for another couple of years as well. He came up, in 2018 so he's not a free agent until 2025 i believe but a couple teams i have seen linked are the brewers and the marlins so if he does go somewhere i'd probably think it'd be one of those two teams what about merrill kelly starting pitcher for the diamondbacks as of right now yeah uh i have him going to philly here another guy who i've seen connected to philly before they need to catch atlanta uh maybe even throw in joe mantiplay here uh to get a better return because Arizona is going to be unloading. <laughs> yeah. Arizona's uh, futures is pretty solidified. I'd say with their outfield, at least and some of the guys that they got in their rotation, I think Merrill Kelly also goes to the Phillies. I don't think the Phillies are going to be in super big play for these top, top starting pitchers like Montas or yeah. Louis Castillo, but those B tier guys that are going to be good, solid three low end twos, 
are it's pretty much right up their alley because they already have uh not Austin Nola, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. I think Merrill Kelly fits in right that right there with those those guys. What about CJ Crone, stud first baseman for the Colorado Rockies? I got Crone staying in Colorado. A quote from an anonymous front office member: "We're not going to trade him for peanuts." Bell and Mancini have more offers right now, um, and I, I see. Colorado doing better right now too. Chris Bryant's back. He's been doing good. I think they're going to try to extend him. I think CJ Crone ends up being an Astro. I think he'd fit pretty well over there. And I think That'd with how bad Yuli Gurriel has been this year, I think that makes a lot of sense. Houston doesn't have the greatest farm system, but they got some attractive guys uh, throughout their organization. So I think they're, they have enough for CJ Crone and his value is is high but i don't think it's anything absurdly high and I don't, I don't think it's higher than a guy like brennan juries or anything like that what about jock peterson you know i i really want to see the atlanta reunion man i i feel like if it's not a good offer from atlanta they won't move him but <laughs> come on let's let's make it happen i have him going to atlanta i leaked this one to skyler and our friend DJ earlier today, because <laughs> DJ was asking where his guys are going to go. Uh, I said Atlanta because I think it'd be cool. And I think it's something that could realistically happen again. And with a guy like Jock, I think Atlanta would be head over heels to go ahead and get back for, cause he's just, he's a fan favorite there, which seems weird to say, cause he, he I think of Jock Peterson and he's a Dodger, but Jock back to Atlanta. We get the pearls back in October. What about Carlos Rodon? I got Rodon staying in San Francisco. We talked about this, I think it was last night, maybe, that uh, we don't think San Francisco has, I guess, the balls to actually be sellers when they should be. Uh, so they're going to bring back Rodon. It's uh, two years left on the contract, opt out this year. Uh, I just, I, they seem to love Rodon. So uh, no big movement. After, after I, I think Carlos Rodon stays too. I think he's going to be a giant for, I don't know about a long time, but a decently long time and stays there at least for this trade deadline. What about one of the best closers on the market, David Bednar? I got Bednar staying in Pittsburgh. He's got five years left of control. Pittsburgh doesn't really, really have a timetable right now. So why not wait and see while the value gets even higher? I think uh, a team that'd be really aggressive on Bednar is going to be Seattle. I think they got the prospects to go ahead and do that too. I don't think Kellenick would be a guy that they'd be willing to give up back for that, but like a Taylor Trammell type guy would be something reasonable back for Bednar as well as maybe another prospect or two. But it's a good young closer. And I think Seattle is looking for that, even though they got a pretty decent bullpen. Next up on our list is possibly... The biggest target besides Juan Soto on the trade deadline market, and that is Louis Castillo. Where do you have him going, Skyler? It's got to be the Yankees, right? If the Yankees are going to give up Volpe uh, or even thinking about it, the Reds are going to be all over that offer. Yeah. I do not have him going to the Yankees. I have him going to the Twins. I think the Twins have a great farm system, and they got some attractive guys in there that they can actually go ahead and move. You also see who else I have going to the Twins here in a little bit. Actually, I'll just do it right now. Brandon Jury is also in that trade to the Twins. Okay. I think it's a big trade for the Twins. They get a top top of the line starting pitcher as well as an All Star level 
outfielder, infielder, utility guy in Brandon Jury. He's been raking this year, and he goes to a pretty good ballpark where he's been raking already at, uh, or not raking at, but in a similar ballpark like Great American go into Target Field. Then Castillo and Jury go together to Minnesota. Scott, what do you have? The former Yankee, the former Diamondback. Yeah. Uh, the former Blue Jay uh-huh. and the current Red. Yeah, he's not going in the deal with Castillo for me here. He's going to the Dodgers because he could play all over the infield. The Dodgers have had injuries, cold streaks all across the infield. They moved Gavin Lux to the outfield. So this is a pretty good fit. Yeah. Drew is going to be a guy who's is pretty underrated, I think, at this trade deadline. He's a guy who can rake and he can play a whole bunch of different positions. Uh, another guy who's going to get a pretty good return back is Wilson Contreras, brother of William. Where do you have him going? He's staying with the Cubs. I like the Houston fit here, but I think Chicago's going to extend him. Like I said earlier, catchers don't get moved very often. I think it's going to be difficult for them to give up Contreras. And even Brett tweeted something about, uh, you know, why is everyone so emotional after leaving Chicago? You know, and it will not happen. Yeah, he did say that he was going to hold his head up high. Uh, after his last game, uh, possible last game at Wrigley, because I guess the Cubs are going off to a road trip now. So that should be pretty interesting there. He doesn't obviously know he's going to be traded, but maybe the front office says, hey, probably going to end up moving you. Uh, but I do think he goes to the Astros. Him and CJ Crone headline the Astros' big deals in this trade deadline and not remodel their lineup, but bonify their lineup to be one of those bonafide Dodgers. scrubs. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Uh, Contreras takes Martin Maldonado's spot as the catcher over there in Houston. What about Andrew Benintendi together? I got Benintendi going to Milwaukee. They're always looking for hitting. Uh, keep him over the hump over St. Louis. And there's no Toronto vaccination issues in the NL Central. Like uh, Yankees would be a good fit, but can't play against Toronto uh, or at Toronto specifically. You're not going to help anybody. So Milwaukee. Uh, the Yankees still have said that they are extremely interested in Benintendi. So I have him going to the Yankees here, even he though it's probably vaccinated. not the smartest move for them. <laughs> I don't know if he does get vaccinated, but maybe he does for the sense of winning. But then he would be a pretty, pretty good bat in the lineup. He's not a, a guy with a ton of power, but maybe in Yankee stadium, he gets a couple, couple more bombs. He's going to be a guy who hits around 300. So he's I think be a guy replaces Gallo. Yeah. Maybe Gallo goes back to the Royals in that, plays in Kansas City. Who knows? What about Trey Mancini? Mancini's going to the Mets. Heard so much about it that they're really close. I agree. He's going to the Mets. Interesting one now, Xander Bogarts. We talked about him possibly getting traded early in the year when the Red Sox were really bad. Then they went on that hot stretch. Now they're kind of bad again. Uh, Where do you have Bogarts going, if anywhere? I have him staying in Boston. I've heard from some people they're going to mutually agree for him to opt out in the winter. Uh, but I do, if for whatever reason, they they decide, hey, you know what, we got this offer we can't resist from St. Louis or San Diego, then that would be an option too. But as of right now, I say not traded yet. I originally had Xander Bogarts going to the Angels uh, back in May or whatever it was. They didn't suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they were good. Obviously, the Angels are out of play now at this point. And so I have him going to the Phillies. Didi Gregorius has been pretty underwhelming this year, and he's 
been hurt as well too. So I don't really think Didi is going to be the long-term guy there. Phillies try to get ahead of free agency and get Xander on the team now and sign him to an extension in the offseason. What about Nathan Eovaldi? I got Eovaldi going to the White Sox. Kind of an off-the-radar move here to give the White Sox some starter depth because they've had a lot of injuries. Yeah, a lot of injuries for the White Sox this year. Uh, I do have Eovaldi staying, though. I think this trade deadline stuff kind of just suddenly approached the Red Sox and they maybe weren't thinking about it as much as they probably should. And Eovaldi is the odd man out and stays in Boston. We talked about Juan Soto last week. We gave our four predictions on where we think he's going to go. We'll give you an update now. How about that? Skyler, yes. where do you think Juan Soto goes or is come August 3rd? Uh, August 3rd, he will be playing for the Nationals still. St. Louis has the best offer right now, but it doesn't seem like what Washington wants. You know, a Nolan Gorman piece would be pretty cool, but Washington wants a guy who's already a star. And maybe if they come back to him next year and Nolan Gorman has been playing awesome, then they would do that trade. But Soto has control with with Washington here. If they don't like the deal, they're not going to force it. Yeah, I agree with Skyler here. I think he stays in Washington as of now. Maybe he gets traded in the offseason or maybe it just blows over and he signs his extension. As of right now, the Nationals aren't pressed to make a move. And so I don't think they will be pressed to make a move come August 2nd. And he stays a National for at least the rest of this season. A couple other guys now. Tariq Skubal. Interesting one here. I think it'd be mm-hmm. pretty dumb for the Tigers to move him. Do you think he goes anywhere here? I have him going to Seattle because Seattle seems like a team that could just steal a player like Tariq Skubal. Like they need to do something big to not collapse. And if for whatever reason Skubal's available, you know, he was on the list here. So I assume somebody mm-hmm. is called. Uh, so Seattle. Yeah, I think the Tigers were pretty dumb by saying that this guy is available because this is going to be a guy that warrants a lot of stuff back because he's young. He's got strikeout stuff. And he's got a projectable future. And I think the Dodgers are a team that is not going to take that chance to pass up. They go ahead and jump on it, give a big up, big prospect, maybe Pajes or Bobby Miller even. But they get Scooball back, who is is a stud. He's good. So the good Dodgers, I think, are, are my team here that is going to take him. Uh, lastly, Pablo Lopez, gather starting pitcher for the Miami Marlins. Yeah, got him going to Toronto. Another playoff team that needs a starter. Why not? I have him staying. I think he, I don't know. I just, I just think he stays. I don't really have a great reason why, but. Sure. Well, cause he's I don't good. I'm going where you were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. On to our bets and let's go ahead and get on out of here. So our layups last week, I went two for, or Skylar went two for two. I went one for two, but we both went. One for one in our layups. I had the Brewers take at least two out of three in Colorado. It actually was a four-game series, so I guess three out of four. Uh, and they did that. They did take three out of four. And then Skyler had Milwaukee over Colorado on Friday. That did happen as well there. So good job, Skyler. Mm-hmm. This week, for Washington and Patrick Corbin tomorrow. All right. Uh, I got Toronto over Detroit on Thursday. That's an Alec Manoa start at home. Uh, They should steamroll Detroit, really. So layup. Yeah. It's the name of the game. 
Last week for our bold predictions, I had the A's sweeping the doubleheader against the Tigers. That did not happen. They went one and one in that. And Skyler had the Dodgers taking three or more versus the Giants over the weekend. They swept them. Uh, This week, though, I have the Brewers sweeping Boston in Boston. That's only a two-game series, but a sweep away is is pretty big regardless. Skyler, what do you got? I'm going to go with the Nationals to win their series against St. Louis. Uh, this is going to be – everyone's going to know that this is possibly the last time some of these guys will be playing together, and they're going to rise above it. St. Louis uh, struggled a little bit last week, lost the series again. Sorry. Was it Philly? Cincy? Cincy. 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 Thank you. So it's uh, definitely possible. Yeah, of course it's possible. It ain't going to happen, though. Uh, but <laughs> – that being said, that's going to do it for episode 98. Episode 99 might be on Tuesday, might not, because I'll be flying home on Tuesday. So we'll see what we do there. Maybe it's yeah. on Wednesday. Uh, and then after that, we all know it's the number after 99. Be a big one. Big one, zero, zero. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. We should have some special stuff uh, once we get to that. Maybe some trivia. Oh, maybe some guests. Mm-hmm. We bring Alex on, we bring Bet on, maybe DJ, maybe yeah. Sham. Who knows? We'll see. We'll get there. Not when we get there. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Not Ian. <laughs> but uh go A's. Yeah. Go Taiwan Walker, man. Get out of this gym. 